An NFL game can be a very overwhelming experience. Let's just say it's not an environment for families. I heard some of the worst words that I have ever heard combined in my entire life when I was at this game on Monday night. And it was even worse because my team got completely destroyed. It was a horrible night, but I still had fun with my friends. But at one point, we were just hanging out, and my team's getting killed at this point. And we're sitting down, and I just see this phone come flying, like obviously like from the upper deck. And it lands like one row in front of me. And I'm like, man, that's really weird. And then out of nowhere, this really angry guy comes out of like the row right next to us on the side. And he just runs over to the phone, and he starts stepping on it repeatedly. And I'm like, well, this is just a whole nother level now. Like, what is going on? And someone asked the guy, he goes, why were you stepping on that phone? He's like, I felt like it. Like, this is what NFL games are like. They are completely insane. And they are definitely an overwhelming experience. And I want to talk to you guys tonight about being overwhelmed. Because I think a lot of us are really overwhelmed. We are so busy. And we think... Because we're busy, we're successful. We think the right way for us to live our lives is busy. And if we're not busy, then we're missing the mark because everyone we look at is busy. You guys have school, you have homework, you have friends, you have sports. It's like the list never ends. You have church. There's all these different things and all these different ways that you're getting pulled. And it can be completely overwhelming. It feels like we never truly stop and we make ourselves busy and then we complain about how busy we are. I've never met anyone that said, you know what? My life, my life is going really slow right now. Like I'm, I'm just enjoying it. Like it just seems peaceful. No, it just feels like everyone is so busy. And one thing that studies have shown, and you can try and disagree with it, but it's definitely a fact, is that this little device that we carry around with us has caused us so much anxiety and stress. This thing overwhelms us. How many of you guys have a smartphone? Let me see. Okay. Wow, that's a lot of you. When I was your age, I had a dumb phone. Like, it was nothing like this, right? You only got like 50 text messages a month, so you couldn't text Bay back and forth like, I love you more, because mom would get real mad real quick because those text messages add up quick. And I had one game on my phone, and it was called Snake. And it looks a little bit like this, right? Like, that's all we had back in the day. So cell phones definitely weren't as cool as they are now. And you can do so much with this thing. And they say that we are the most connected generation. Because I would disagree that we are the most disconnected generation. Because we have a lot of information at our fingertips. But we could be sitting in a room of people and we'll be on our phones. We can't hang out with a group of people without checking this thing a ton of times. And this has caused so much damage in our lives, guys. And it's just something that we feel like we need. So many of us feel like we can't live without this device. But I want to tell you that you can. Because this is a drug. I looked at my screen time for this last month, and I was so embarrassed. I almost didn't want to tell you guys. I spend four and a half hours a day on this thing. That is terrifying that I'm spending so much of my life on this. And you know what? I know that it is causing jealousy in my life. 
I know it is causing me to compare my life to other people. It is causing anxiety because I feel like I'm missing out on things sometimes. It's causing me to be overwhelmed, and I'm sure it is doing the same for you. We spend far too much time on these devices. Have you guys ever looked at what's on the back of an iPhone? How many of you guys have iPhones? Yeah, we're mostly iPhones in here. Let's go. Um, it's an Apple with a piece missing out of it. And now I heard someone say this, and, and this actually blew my mind. Can you guys think of anything else maybe in scripture, that has to do with an apple with a piece missing out of it? Almost like they were telling us something, right? Right? Kind of reminds me of Genesis a little bit when Adam and Eve bit into that apple. And it's almost like God was telling us, right? right? You can eat from this tree, but it won't ever satisfy. Yet you and I spend all day long scrolling through this device constantly trying to get our fix because this thing is a drug. It is an idol. And maybe that's not your idol, even though a lot of your hands go up when I ask the question, who had an iPhone? Maybe you have something else in your life that you are really drawn to. It could be a video game. It could be TV. What has your heart? What do you spend your time with? Like I said, that's so embarrassing that I spend four and a half hours a day on this. Because could you imagine what my relationship with God would look like if I spent half that time with him in a day? It would look really different than what it is right now. And I think if we look at what we spend our time with, we can get the answer to that question. We have idols in our life. And so I could talk to you guys about anxiety and jealousy and comparison but I want to go to the source of, of the real problem. And the source is that we have some idols in our life that are causing all of these other symptoms. And if we put God back in the place that he truly deserves to be in, so many of these other things in our life will get straightened out. I've been trying to be better about not going on my phone constantly. And when you're trying to get better at something, you all of a sudden judge everyone else, right? I'm con like, think I'm so amazing now when I see like all these people at a restaurant and they're on their phone and I'm not on it. And it's so funny. Like you see people walking down the street. They don't even know where they're going. Their heads are down on their phone. We're, we're always typing, always looking down. Even old people, like I, I'll be out and they're walking, except it's a lot slower. It's like with one finger and they're like taking their time because everyone is addicted to something. And I think for a lot of us, it is this device. And I think God wants us to know that it is causing so much damage in our life. It is time for us to put this down. It's time for us to put down Instagram, the devil known as Instagram. Guys, everyone lies on Instagram. There is nothing truthful on Instagram. It's always the highlight moment. It's that family all smiling together, but what you don't see is five seconds before that they were all screaming at each other and yelling at each other and having the worst time ever. It's that perfect couple together and you just wish you were in a relationship like that, but really they're on their phones hanging out the whole time and they just wanted to take a photo together and post it to get likes because everything on Instagram isn't real. It's not real life. Real life was meant to be done with people not on social media. It's, real life isn't Snapchat. It's not about streaks. 
It's about being close to God and being close to people in real life. And I think one day they're going to have studies of how much damage this truly did to our life. But maybe you're saying that's not your struggle tonight. We're going to talk about idols first and foremost. And I pray that you would really look deep into your heart. Is there anything in your life that you value more than God? It could be a good thing. It could be something that maybe the world doesn't look down on. It's just anything that you really value. And if you will get this right in your life, guys, there will be so many other things that will change around you. Things that you have wanted to change for a long time. Watch peace come into your life and all these anxious thoughts go away because God is the only thing that can truly satisfy our hearts. We try to fill it with all of these other things, but they will never work for you and I. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 2. This is what it says. The word of the Lord came to me. Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of its harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. Because as God is telling the prophet Jeremiah to write this, he's brokenhearted. Because the people who used to be so close to him have now wandered away from him. The relationship is broken. And as we work through this scripture, you need to know that this isn't God being angry. This is God broken, that his people have chased after other things. It's like if you've ever been in a relationship and it was really amazing in the beginning and then maybe things got old, things kind of just dragged on and you got out of that relationship. Man, that's how God feels. He doesn't understand. He thought things were great. Everything was perfect. We were so in love. I was taking care of you. I was meeting your needs. Why did you wander away? I did all these amazing things. He brings up everything that he did for the people as they left Egypt and they were wandering through the wilderness, how he met their needs. And maybe the same is for you. Maybe there was a time in your life when things with God were really good. And maybe this is a really close picture of what your life is like tonight. Maybe this is God calling out to you in some ways, saying, what happened? Remember how close we used to be? Remember how in love we were? How much time you used to spend with me? Why would you walk away? I just wanted to bless you. I just wanted to be close to you. Maybe it's time for some of you guys to come back and remember your first love. This is what it says in the next verse. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, through a land of deserts and ravines, a land of drought and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives. Has a nation ever changed its God? Yet, there are, yet they are not gods at all, but my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. <laughs> Here's God going through it again. He goes, why would you walk away from me? And all you did was go to things that are worthless. 
Guys, the idols in our life are worthless. They aren't really gods at all. And we think they're going to satisfy us. We think they're going to make us happy. You know what the problem is? Is you and I are really lazy. We just want to go to the first thing that can distract us for a little bit. The first thing that can give us a little feeling of worth or satisfaction. And a lot of times our idols do that. They distract us and they give us a little bit of what we're looking for. But in the end, they will always leave you empty and looking for more. Your idols cannot change your situation that you are in. They can't help you when everything in your life is falling apart. But God can. God can heal. He can restore. He can bring peace. He can bring love where there just seems like there is so much brokenness. Idols can never do that. And that's what he's trying to tell the people right here. Why would you ever trade me for something that isn't even a God at all? Next verse. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold anything. I love this example that God gives here. He says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me. They have walked away, even though they had everything in that relationship with me. And they have created these broken cisterns. And this is a picture of what you and I do. He says, it's like they dug these holes up and tried to fill them up with water. But the cisterns and the system that they have dug is broken. And every time they fill it up with water, it just leaks. And so maybe the satisfaction lasts for a little bit. But eventually, it all runs out and leaves them empty. Yet, I was like a spring of living water that was constantly flowing, that would never be ending. And they looked at the two, and they said, I would rather go over here and try and dig my own satisfaction than just stay by the spring of living water. It sounds ridiculous when you think about it like that, that they would try and dig when they had living water. But you and I scroll instead of digging. You and I play games instead of going to the spring of living water. We stare at screens all day long to try and numb us and bring satisfaction. So it's not that crazy from what you and I constantly do. If we would just want more. It's not going to be easy all the time. I think sometimes speakers come up here and tell you guys that a relationship with God is this instant amazing thing. It's not at first. It might be something that you have to work at. And that's okay because everything worth having in this life sometimes takes effort. And once you do that, the return is so amazing. If you are just willing to be disciplined a little bit, guys, and open up your Bible and just set some time apart in your day, you would have all the things you truly want in this life. If you would just get beyond your own laziness 
and you get beyond maybe it feeling like it wasn't great right in the beginning, but as you continually go to the living water, into the spring, you will be satisfied and things will change in your life. You won't be as overwhelmed as you are anymore. And I know what some of you are feeling and thinking right now. You're like, Joey, that's great. Like, I'm going to start doing that, but I still feel so anxious inside. I still feel so overwhelmed and just so busy. I just don't even know how to go on. I need a little bit of help. The first place that you need to start is at the source and by dealing with any idols that could be in your life tonight. And I do want to talk about feelings of anxiety and feeling overwhelmed constantly. We're going to look at a scripture that I just think is so powerful. And it's just, it's so practical. And we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And this is my go-to verse whenever I'm feeling really anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so Paul says, when anxiety hits the first thing that you should do is not worry about it more, not try and solve it on your own, but pray. This is how we overcome those feelings that race in our mind. I'm talking about when you are lying in your bed at night and you cannot turn off your mind. When it feels like your heart is going to jump out of your chest because of all these things that you are feeling and you just want to cry and break down. Paul says, pray. Go to God with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. Don't just stay in those anxious feelings that you are feeling. Don't try and figure them out. Because that's what you and I try and do. We try and manipulate the situation. We try and control it. But he tells us, no, no, no. Go to God and bring him these things that you are feeling. And everything inside us tries to keep us from God in these moments. It tries to push us away and say, don't go to God with these things. You're the one that has to deal with it. Because God got you into this mess to begin with. And that is a lie that the enemy will tell you over and over again in these moments to keep you stuck in your anxiety. Let's look at this next part. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He doesn't say that it might guard your minds. That this might happen. He says that if you go to God and you bring him these things, the peace of God will transcend. It will go beyond understanding. It doesn't make sense. And it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You know what he didn't say? He didn't say that your situation will change. He didn't say that problem will go away. That's what we want to happen. And we pray and we say, God, Please, I'm coming to you. Give me peace. But we don't really want peace. We want the situation to go away. But that's not the promise we get right here in Scripture. The promise we get is that there will be a peace that doesn't make sense, that helps us through this situation. Because I would rather have God's peace around me at every moment than all my situations change because his peace is greater. And if I have that, there is nothing that I can't go through. 
because it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't add up. And maybe you're going through something impossible, something that just feels like there is no easy solution to you. That's perfect because God will give you the peace that's impossible, that doesn't make sense in the middle of what you're going through. Paul is writing this letter in a jail cell. And I love that, the way that he goes about this. He says, the peace of God will what? And I, I think he's looking around the room in the moment. And he's like, what is the peace of God like in those moments? Well, what will it do? And I think he looks out and he sees some guards standing in the room. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what the peace of God does. It guards your heart and your mind. So nothing can get in and nothing can get out. Just what the guard allows to be in there. There are a lot of us in this room tonight that need to know what that is like. And it all starts with just praying. Because it is the simple, basic truths that you and I take for granted that can change so much in our lives. If we would just take them more seriously, this will bring a peace that is so absolutely amazing. Guys, anxiety divided by prayer equals peace. Let me say that again. Anxiety divided by, prow- by prayer equals peace. And I, I know it A lot of you guys are like, you're like me. You have type A personalities. You hear something like this and you get get super pumped up about it. You're like, all right, I got this. I'm gonna deal with the anxiety in my life. In fact, I'm gonna give anxiety attack this week, right? Like I'm coming at anxiety. I know what to do now. I got prayer. And sometimes we stress ourselves out about it, out and we just make it something it's not and we make it a to-do list and we make it this checklist. No, that's not What's going on here? It's about having real relationship with God, not making it a to-do list. It's going to God and knowing that his love is for you and it is real. But guys, it's gonna start with us dealing with the things that really have our heart. It starts with dealing with the things that really have our attention. And you're gonna have to be honest with yourself. Because this might hurt a little bit. It might be uncomfortable because it's so easy to run to these other things to distract us. Some of you guys are going through really difficult things at home. Maybe someone you love is sick and you just want to numb yourself for a little bit. You just want to get distracted and forget about life around you. And you feel like that's what these distractions do. But they cause so much other damage in your life. It's why suicide rates are through the roof. It's why we are one of the most medicated generations. It's because we look to all these devices and all these other things instead of Jesus. And I'm not saying that there aren't other ways that God can use to bring peace in your life. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I just really truly believe in the power of prayer. I believe that it changes things, guys. And if there is something going on in your heart, in your life, go to Jesus instead of running to all these other things. Here's the bottom line. I'm gonna tell you guys a story. Um, When you feel overwhelmed, be still and pray. 
when you feel overwhelmed, be still and pray. And we are so scared of silence. We're so scared just to be by ourselves and our thoughts sometimes. But that is the only way that you can hear God's voice sometimes is by being still. In fact, scripture tells us, be still and know that I am God. It's in those moments when we push everything else away and we just set time apart for God that he's able to speak to our hearts and do really deep things inside of us. I remember a time of just great anxiety in my life and you know, a lot of us can have anxiety for different reasons. Maybe something was done to you. Maybe you made some bad choices in your life that caused anxiety. Whatever the situation that is causing all of this, God's love is still for all of us in the middle of it. And I had caused some real trouble in my life, and it brought a lot of anxiety. And the only way that I could face this was by looking at the verse that I just shared with you guys a moment ago. And every single day, by prayer and petition, I read scripture over my life. Because sometimes when you're so broken and you're so anxious, you don't even have the words to say. You don't even know how to approach God because you just feel so lost in the middle of everything that you're feeling. It's so hard to know truth sometimes. And I didn't know truth for my own life in those moments. So I clung to God's word and I read scripture over my life over and over and over again. And guys, as I did that, I felt a peace that passed all understanding. And it took some time. It didn't happen instantly. I had to keep putting one foot in front of the other and choose to believe truth. And I know some of you guys are so deep in this struggle of feeling so overwhelmed and feeling so anxious. But as you choose to move forward in it, God will bring relief. It's not a one-time thing. It's, it's a habit that you build in your life. And I promise you, God will bring you freedom like never before. When you feel overwhelmed, be still and pray. Let me pray for you guys. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your amazing love that satisfies that heals, that helps us in the middle of every emotion that we are feeling and going through. I pray, God, for any idols that are in our life tonight. I pray that we would lay them down, God, that we would turn from those things and we would go back to you who satisfies, Lord. Forgive us for looking at broken and empty things. Jesus, I pray that your love would satisfy us tonight like never before, that we would be reminded of how amazing your love truly is, God. I pray for people that just feel like they couldn't live without that thing, that you would show them how truly worthless it is compared to your love. Thank you, God, that you see us in the middle of our anxious thoughts. You see us when we're overwhelmed and we're jealous and we're angry and we're feeling so many different things in our soul. I pray, God, that as we choose to pray that the peace of God truly would invade our hearts and set us free, God, from these things that have been plaguing us for way too long. There is 
nothing like you, God. I have tasted and I have seen that you are good, that you satisfy more than anything that this world has to offer. And I pray that you would show everyone in this room how truly good you are. We love you, Jesus. We love you. I pray that you would fill this room as we sing this next song and do amazing things in people's lives. We pray this all in your name.